Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Yes, yes, y'all. Before we get into this episode of Small Doses Podcast, let me just tell y'all, I'm overjoyed with the response I've gotten for In Amanda We Trust, my independently produced political comedy documentary. Like, you make something, you hope people like it, but just seeing the way that you guys have responded to this piece of work has really just uplifted me and let me know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. If you haven't checked it out, well, guess what? We're giving you a bonus week. It was only available for two weeks, but we're giving you a bonus week. So you can go to inamandawetrust.com and you can access and you can watch In Amanda We Trust, the political comedy documentary that I put together to remind us or at least get us curious about how we can get more involved in civics and government so that we can be the change that we wish to see. It's smart, it's funny, and <laughs> no question, it is Black. All right, so hopefully you all will go there and you will have a good-ass Black-ass time like everyone else who has seen the project. Make sure that you also subscribe to our YouTube, Amanda Seals TV. And if you subscribe to the Patreon, then you're also going to be able to get exclusive bonus content from Anna Amanda We Trust. So it's all going down. We added this extra week just so that you all who missed out can get a chance to get in on the goodness. All right, now let's get in on this goodness as we get into Parking Lot Pimping with Lene Benit here at Small Doses Podcast. It's so funky. <laughs> it makes me want to say that there has to be like a decooning course. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, and you know, it's kind of like how they say woke, but they mean something else. Mm-hmm. Like we would need to come up with like a name for it that says something else, but we all know yeah. this is a decooning course. Yeah. And it would involve not only like classes, but also like hands-on, uh-huh. you know, like let's take you to the jail. Literally field trips. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's take you to the jail. We're not even going to go to the cotton field. Yeah. We're not. We're mm-hmm. not. We're actually, we're going to go to a, an office mm-hmm. and just look around. Let's go to a board meeting. Mm-hmm. And see how quickly they ask you to serve them coffee. Let's. <laughs> because they think you're there Get one of <laughs> those double-decker buses and just drive down North Side Drive. Let's drive down MLK. Yeah. If you haven't noticed, we are here. We kind of slid into the episode like an athlete in the DMs of somebody he's not married to. Mm. This is, is it, it's Lene Vinay. It is not. What is it? Lene Vanee. Because in my mind, I In everyone's it. mind. Yeah, every single one. You don't know how many times I've been somewhere where I'm on the flyer. I am the keynote. I am the whatever. And I will ask someone backstage, hey, can you make sure they have my name right? Yeah, yeah, we got it. Don't worry about it. Lene, what? Lene Vanee. Got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two seconds later on the stage, Lene Vanee! That's not it. That's not my name, everybody. So if you could please, Lene Vanee. I'd appreciate it. Thanks. However, if you decide to be a rapper, (laughs) you got one in the chamber. Do I? Yeah, because you could be Lene Vanee, like, on the documents. Yeah. But on, like, your Lotto remix, Mm. where you're like, it's Lene Vanee, toting eight case. Okay. Yeah. So, just giving you that. I appreciate it. Write that down. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sip to that with the teacup. So let's talk about parking lot pimpery. All right. I really would like to know. So we were like, you know what? I feel like we should do a creator series. Okay. Because... I really believe that the true black renaissance, like people will ask me like, Amanda, do you think there's a black renaissance happening on TV? I'm like, no, oh, we have wow. like three shows and they keep canceling shows. But I do believe it's happening on the internet. Mm. And I believe that you're one of those people who have been a part of, you know, really contributing to that canon mm. because you're creating, but within a space that is more than just like, let me get views. Let me get followers. It actually has some substance to it. Not some. It actually has a, a large, it's grounded in substance. And it's clearly not just like, like it's only on the web because that's where you started it. Like it could have been anywhere else. Like I think sometimes there's things where you're like, yeah, you couldn't do this nowhere else. Mm -hmm. You couldn't swim in this bathtub of Cheerios anywhere else. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah, I get that. I think about that often when we go out for sponsors and we don't hear nothing back. So, was I supposed to say that? You can, yes. All right. Well, yeah. And I mean, I don't, I ain't going to name no names. Because one, I don't know all the names. Sometimes you just don't get responses because sometimes you wouldn't get a response. But I think a about it a lot now, especially because I do have aspirations to get into film and television and using the grounded and substance-oriented, substantive? Yep. Substantive, mm -hmm. whatever. That concept, bringing it to storytelling and also being on screen. Then if I wanted to work for like a Disney, there would probably be like language about what I could and could not say like publicly yeah. and um, what would just bring, what could bring um, discontent. I, I had a guest and I love this guest dearly, but he was supposed to be on my episode this past Friday. And because I made a comparison, not even co a comparison, but I spoke about Hitler in the same breath of DeSantis. He was like, I actually can't be on that because of the type of people who support me financially. And I was like, oh, I understand. And we'll just try for another episode. But I really take pride in the freedom of me developing something, being able to say what I want to say. But then it also bites you in the butt when you're trying to get the people that you work with paid because not everybody wants to stick firm behind the things that you say, even if they are in favor of things like freedom, you know? But again, I think highly of the person. And it's one of those things where it's just, I think a lot of creators and people with vision really have to make choices about support and what that means for them. And I also have to recognize that not everybody does what I do and not everybody will show up the way that I show up. And I've really been thinking recently how much I expect other people to show up the way I show up when they're not me. You know, as someone 20 years your senior, okay, <laughs> people will tell you, you can't expect people to be you. Yeah. Right. Like you can't expect people to be like you, you can't expect people to think like you, et cetera, et cetera. And I understand that on like a macro level, but I think there's a certain level of feeling like, OK, but in in certain spaces, if we all aren't thinking this way, then like we're just not on code. If we all aren't considering how if there were more of us thinking this way, then we could actually have some push, some movement, some traction, then we're really working counterintuitively. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's something to be said for the fact that you are actively saying, you know, I'm going to think this way mm -hmm. loudly. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it demonstrates. And I think a lot of it is people just need uh, some demonstrative proof that you can be honest, mm -hmm. be truthful, and be successful. And that really is something that a lot of people just don't think you can be. Yeah. Because for what it's worth, there is 
DeSantis and Hitler is not like a stretch. Like that's not like some like that's what we thought. So that's how we wrote it. So <laughs> like yeah. he aspired. I mean, I feel like he's like one speech away from just being like, I'm the next Hitler, you know? Like, I mean, I feel like he has a room in his house. Please. Where it's like, you know, just papered with Hitler and he just like sits there and like like goes in like a, you know, like what do they call it? A power stance. Wow. Like, I wow. feel like that because he's very Homelander. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Woo. Shout out to the boys. That's what I should have to- said. <laughs> Talking about super villains. Goodness gracious. Shout out to Laz Alonzo. But I just feel like that's not such a stretch. So it's weird. It's not weird, but it's um, it's also important to know who you're getting money from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been I've been advised that most recently by someone I look up to a lot, just trying to make those decisions early and also having different types of what is it, grant agreements to determine that I have like control over funds. And if I can't have those, I can look elsewhere. And I just expect it to be hard, you know, but I'm gonna try. Well, I would say it's um it's it takes longer mm-hmm. to do the climb when you're carrying your integrity with you. Don't I know it. <laughs> I mean, when you decided to do Parking Lot Pimpin', was it the first idea? No. So where did it land in the process? It where was did a you begin? means what did to you begin an with? end, really. Oh, okay. um, I actually, its purpose was to build audience that cared about the things that I cared about. What I wanted to do is really present myself as this fire-ass poet who's really doing things in a different way, giving the Beyonce-esque visuals and and getting uh, features on albums. I've done one. Like, in the three years, <laughs> I've done one feature on an album, which I'm really grateful for. What but, was the album? Uh, Earth Gang's album, Ghetto Gods. I think it's track 10 or 11, but I have, a like, a 30-second piece on it. I was really proud of that. Do you know who else has a spoken word feature on an album? Do you? <laughs> Which one? On a Pitbull album. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before he became like Mr. 305. Mm -hmm. uh, When he was like rapper Pitbull. Like I have a whole poem on a Pitbull album. I'm going to have to go back and look for it. Is it good? I don't know if it doesn't matter. I mean, I had a spoken word time. Uh I had a whole era of spoken word. And Mm -hmm. I I, I commend all of y'all who have kept it going because it really felt like, okay, we're done with this. And then it's like, no. And that was really one of my goals. I felt like it had been pushed to the side. And even being here in the city of Atlanta, what the scene was like dissipated. Mm -hmm. Um, Even places that were highly revered, you just couldn't go get the same experience anymore. And so I really wanted to help revive that. What was the experience changed to? It was just weak. Okay, because yeah. I know in New York it changed to sex poetry. Oh, no. And I had you dripping mm. like drippings. I had you laced like drapery. Mm. And they would really be like... No, not at all. <laughs> like, I remember I, I took my Atlanta open mic style to Boston. Mm. They had some open mic night and I was invited to come by people I went to school with. Well, number one, I dressed because that's what we do down here. We dress for everything. Okay. And I got up in there and I was like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck is this? And you had this white girl up there who was doing her best and she was speaking like that. And I too <laughs> dream of freedom <laughs> like you and allyship oh. is the shit. Yes. I don't know, but that's what it was. No, given. that's all. Yeah, and I was it? just thoroughly unimpressed. And they had this whole competition that I wasn't a part of. I got there late. I was in grad school, um, but then I got up there and did it, and it was like, 
Oh, this is like real poetry. We ain't never seen nothing like this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I just saw it wasn't, it didn't, we didn't have like a deaf poetry, like a respect that Deaf Poetry yeah. Jam gave the, deaf poetry. the life of the game. And then there was um, Strivers Row. Then there was like the youth competitions. The that, youth competitions were at the, like a real, and they had a thing on HBO too. Um, there was a whole, sh- there was like two seasons of a show. Oh, on- Russell Simmons, like, wasn't it one of his shows? I don't speak his name. Okay, but um, I think, but like, I think he, that they was had the like things. a, what was it? But I know they, please. <laughs> I only, and then that I- it goes into here, and then it goes like this, and then you're gonna be talking really fast, and you're gonna be saying really important things, and it's gonna go like this, and then it's gonna, and see, there's a class of us who don't do none of that. Get calm. Well, so I came out of <laughs> I came out of the era of spoken word where, you know, Jessica Care Moore and Saul Williams mm-hmm. had like really like laid the groundwork and a lot of people were just following them. So mm-hmm. even if their content wasn't substantive, it had like the same cadence. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, how do we like flip that? And so when I did Death Poetry the first time, I feel like there was a lot more of that. But by the second time, there had been a lot more of a like versatile type of flow. And I know there was like people from Atlanta. It was more national. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like an East Coast thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely spread, but then it like fizzled out and died. And I'm not sure what happened. But the plan I had right before the pandemic, I started going back to open mics. I was teaching. I hated my job. They hated hated teaching. Yeah. Well, (laughs) there's Jeremiah. Well, were you also a teacher? Yeah, <laughs> it'd be like that. They hated me because I was you young. Teaching? I was teaching U.S. history. I was teaching black history. I was oh, teaching great. a course, two courses that had no curriculum. One of them was black history. The other one was tech and society, which had no form or anything. And so I used technology to teach four units on societal issues like classism, racism, sexism, and homophobia. <laughs> and then didn't, like didn't like that. <laughs> Did not like that. What not grades? One bit. What, like? Like 10th to 12th. Okay, good. Yeah, it was just at a very black, very conservative school. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. How do you... Okay, this is going to be a really dumb question, but okay. when you're going into the teaching field, how do you end up at a school? Because the only teachers I knew went through, like, Teach for America, so mm. there was, like, a very specific process. Um, I'm not going to hold you. I don't even know if I know the process because my first job I got by going over to my old high school and asking to start an after-school program, and they said, well, no, we need teachers, and if you want a real job, we can pay you some real money. You just got to get you can use your AFAM degree to be qualified to teach history, just pass the test, and now you're teaching. So anyone in Georgia can get, if they have a degree related to a field, you can just take the test, like the GACE. So you don't have to have a teaching degree. No. You just have to have learned But the catch things. is, if you start that way, then you have to spend your first two years in a teaching certification program, okay. which you got to pay out your pocket. So there's a lot of stuff I didn't want to be doing, especially because <laughs> I didn't know, I knew I wasn't going to be teaching for a long period of time. And the teaching certification program was expensive for a teacher's salary. But I just hated all of it. <laughs> I loved working at my first school. It really felt like home. They let me do any and whatever I wanted to. Oh. And the kids really loved it. But in Newton County, they were paying like $20,000 less then Fulton County and Fulton County, the salary for my rate with a master's degree was still only 55. What? Yeah. Yeah. The year, the annual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was rough. Um, I was not appreciated at the second school. They were also like ages. They also were sexist. They told me not to wear certain things as a volleyball coach because the boys were looking at me crazy. And I just didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be there. How'd you end up there? 
one of my mentors was a dance teacher at that school, and it was purported to be like very fun, less requirements than the other school, a lot more freedom, and that's just not what it gave. Um, was she still having a good time? Yeah, she's having a great time because she's been there for like, she's got tenure. Ah, Ain't nobody finna fire her. Ain't nobody finna right, talk right. to her crazy. And she brings like such like a wealth of community through that school. But yeah, anyways. And coaching volleyball was the worst. Those parents were so mean I, for no reason. They were so mean. <laughs> they would like write emails to the superintendent saying I threatened their daughters. They tried to get someone hired. They tried to get me to hire. They tried to manipulate me into hiring a JV coach who thought she was just going to take my job. But that's not how public school works because she wasn't a teacher. So she couldn't take the head coach position. Ah. But they literally were all just trying to bully me out of working. And they were just being mean and nasty. So I just loved when I was blowing up and I was on all their timelines. I was like, fuck what y'all was talking about. I wasn't supposed to be there no way. Anyway. You, you know what you did? You served them. <laughs> Please. Hey. <laughs> it was right there. You it know was. what I mean? Like, it I was. had to. It was. That was a dig. <laughs> Please. <laughs> oh, right, we're done. We're done. You better spike, spike. it. <laughs> <laughs> Time out. Nothing all but right. that. All right. <laughs> okay. So all of that is to say, I decided to start going back to perform open mic nights and just really invest in my creative because I was investing on my time in a job that I hated. And the pandemic happened, so there were no more open mics. I might have been doing it for three to four months consistently. And so I said, well, okay, well, we already know the internet feels like we talk like that as far as poets. Yep. It will go over most of their heads. It's a very small community. So what else can I do to get people invested in this story? And again, the things that I care about, the things that I might write about and introduce them to this poetry thing. But then the parking lot just kind of took off. And I was like, well. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. I'm not even frightened. Sometimes I legit forget to eat. And when that happens, I'm not in the mood to try and like figure out what I'm going to cook. Nah. And I also know there's people who simply cook better than me and I can get right to them on DoorDash. Yes, that's right. Listen, DoorDash has saved your girl so many times. And if you're really about it, you can get you a Dash Pass and that can get you a discount on the DoorDashing that you're doing. So don't be like me. Don't let yourself go the whole day and then realize, oh my gosh, that's why I'm cranky because I haven't eaten anything. No. Tap into DoorDash and get you some nutrients in your system. All right? DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. DoorDash, your door to more. Must be 21 or older to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Alcohol available only in select markets. Well, what made you decide to go into the parking lot? Um, a Juneteenth March. Yeah, Juneteenth March 2020. I call it the Black Summer of 2020. Facts. Um, and it was just the experience there because... I had to just do some math in my head because I was like, a Juneteenth, March 2020. Mm-hmm. Juneteenth, but... And then I remembered Atlanta did not have a pandemic. We did. Y'all didn't act we like d- it. We did not act like it, there no. There we go. 
I was like, how are they at a roller skating rink? Because <laughs> I definitely just wore gloves and hazmat <laughs> suit to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. And so it was even scary. Like, I remember not really knowing what to do with myself and my voice when all those people were dying. And I actually was just pulling together something working on a book, but pulling together something. And there's so many things that happen like back to back to back weekend after weekend Mm -hmm. with people dying, with different protests happening, targets being set on fire. Mm -hmm. Um, And just not knowing what to do because there was a pandemic. I was so scared about that pandemic. Uh, I remember me and my boyfriend, we would, we had a system of spraying and wiping down every single grocery that we had, wearing gloves, um, spraying down the area of the house that we brought things in throwing things directly, like clothes in the dryer as soon as we came in the house. Yeah. So Did really, you have the moment of, I think I have it? Oh, yeah. I had the moment of, <laughs> I think I have it, when my boyfriend was on the couch, just like in pain and shivering. We were like, oh, shit. It was getting, it felt like allergies at first, then it started to get worse, and I was fine. So I was like, okay, maybe not. Until I was looking at him over there on the couch, eating a bowl of chicken noodle soup, looked down at my soup, looked over at him, Look down at my soup. I couldn't smell or taste the soup. So I was like, well, we both have it. Great. Fantastic. We got tested at a CVS drive-thru. Oh. Um, and that was that. Praise God. We survived. You know? Did you get your smells back? Yeah, I did. My smell and taste back. And I've heard some people yeah. have not. So I'm very grateful for that. But anywho, I went to the Juneteenth March because I had just like developed a plan. I was going to wear my mask. I was going to just try to separate myself, whatever. But I wanted to be out and be present. And there had been so many demonstrations that I was not a part of. I just felt like somebody like me would be outside. But anyways, it was a really beautiful experience because I would always tell my kids, they would ask me if I felt like we could have another civil rights movement. And I said no, because in grad school, I just learned what it actually took for people to get out there and march. It wasn't as simple. For many people, it was. It was a different set of circumstances and things people had to lose in the 60s um, and the late 50s that would move them to put everything on the line and march. But there were a lot of people who had to be coerced, like by neighbors, like people who not even just coerced, shamed (laughs) people who would also be like, you know, I'll provide for you and your family should you lose your job. And we didn't, we are too distracted and too individualistic individualistic a community today to come to each other's aid like that. And so I didn't think that. But at this march, there was just, if millions of people could fit in the city, then I think there was millions of people outside. And we started with a small-ish group and we made it to the Capitol and there were other groups who had joined. And we were le- when we were leaving, all this commotion started happening and... I thought some shit had popped off because I was halfway expecting the Proud Boys from down Savannah to come Naturally. and like <laughs> make a fuss. But it was just more people, more people like and we passed different cutaways in a downtown area where people were stopped in their cars. And instead of like being angry, I wouldn't know what they look like inside their cars, but they were outside of their cars dancing, like having a good time. There were people with medical packs, people like handing out wrap sandwiches, people with water. There were Asian Americans with signs, Latino Americans with signs like addressing like historical camaraderie between communities. And I was just like, wow, I think now is a time where people would listen to Black things. Mm -hmm. Because just like poetry, anytime somebody had to say something about Black or the community, there comes this preconceived notion that it is woke. And we we mean a different thing with woke. Like, I think our community does. Like, there's this... It's just a negative feeling that someone's about to preach to you. Somebody wants to tell you about your history and how you owe somebody something and something that doesn't really relate to you because they don't really know how to communicate that. 
And so I just want to do it in a different way. Yeah. And that's how we got in the parking lot. How do you feel like it's evolved since that point? It's evolved because at first, I literally wanted to talk about concepts and really fun things that I learned and wow shock moments from my grad school program. Um, one that cost me $25,000 and I just thought was wild and crazy. And also the, a setup because everybody don't got $25 to even borrow to go to school. Mm-hmm. But then it turned into things are still happening in the headlines that are very reminiscent these very reminiscent of these very things that I want to talk about. So why don't we connect what's going on in our current issues to things that have gone on in the past and also show for the unfortunate coons who have been conditioned to believe what they believe that there are in fact receipts. There are in fact yes. nodes in time that connect to one another that don't live in these silos of experience and era and history books. So yeah. That's how it evolved. And now I'm up here talking about damn DeSantis and the Southern strategy. Do you feel like you teach, like when people, do people tell you like you're teaching me, like I'm learning? Like, how does that feel? It feels cool. It feels good. Uh, My mom, (laughs) my mom always finds an opportunity to be like, you were prepared for a moment such as this. But things like that, and even the way I grew up in the church, remind me that everything that I experience is training for something else. And I think I knew that when I started still because I, my method of communicating was informed by what was successful in my classrooms and what wasn't. Like working with at like kids from Atlanta that are too cool for school and don't want to do nothing. I always say they'll let you know if you're whack. So, you know, I was able to refine that through teaching. And so I think it very much feels the same. Because I am like putting people on to factual information. If that's teaching, then that's teaching. Oh, it's one hundred percent teaching. Yeah, that's entertainment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you think about like, okay, there's other things that I want to do. What do you feel like is the thing that seems furthest away? Ooh, the thing that seems. I'll say this. I think acting. Mm. acting and um, writing for TV. It doesn't feel like it's that far away, but especially what's going on right now with the WGA. Mm -hmm. A lot of projects being halted and a project that I had taken out like a year or some change ago, it's perfect to take out now, but I have to wait some more. But anyways, and all this downtime that I've not been able to just hop into that space, I've been getting pulled more and more into edutainment and explaining social political issues. And so I feel like I get more and more in danger every day of being put in a box of doing just that. However, there's a lot that I want to do that I feel like is an immediate step away from what I'm doing. And so I'm using this downtime to just, I have an acting coach. I see her every two weeks and digging into my craft so that when it's time for me to audition, and show my things, it's like, oh, yeah, let's 100% put her on TV because I think people already would want to put me on TV, but in a daily show capacity. Like, I get that all the time. And so I just, it's it's the pigeonhole that I'm afraid of. Have you considered doing your own web series, your own scripted series? Yes, I have, actually. And that's actually the stage that I was about to head to until an interested party um, heard me do a soft pitch on my show idea. And... It was literally about to go into review at a studio. And then it was like, writer strike. So let's put this on the table so it doesn't get mixed up in this. So literally, yes, I was planning to begin production on a web series like this summer. Um, Many people told me that I should slow down because things take time. (laughs) Take more time than I know because I'm like new to all of this. 
Um, but yeah, I think timing is everything. Saying that, they, that you should slow down in wanting to do the series? No, no, no. Just slow down as far as like my timeline of things. Because like of your life? No. What like my timeline of wanting to start the show. Because like writing process, I could likely have taken from what was it like March through the summer to write and then begin production like in the winter, fall, winter versus like, yeah. And they were saying that was too quick? It was just saying like, you know, maybe just do the steps and see how long the steps take versus stressing yourself out with time frames because you want it to be how you you want it to be its very best. And so just not to pressure myself with trying to move too quickly because, yeah. And I I mean, months be going by. Months be zooming past. <laughs> um, and I have to do 611 things as far as like running the business, being the person who has all the ideas for the content, filming said content. I hate putting on makeup. So know? why do you put it on? Because my skin is going through a stressful time right now. Yeah. So. That's a whole episode. Yeah. Just do an episode without the makeup and say, this is what's happening. Got it. This is what's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've let go. Mm. I've let go of the of the foundation. And okay. my skin actually got better. Yeah. And I've heard that. <laughs> I'm on some pills right now. So, <laughs> yeah. I want to do like a peel. But I don't know. I'm I keep getting messages. I was going to a dermatologist to get it. And not just an esthetician. And there's no shade to anybody who does what they do. I'm just very skeptical. So I needed... An extra level of... Yeah, an extra level of security for me personally. But I feel like so many people in my life are telling me to slow down. And for what? I don't know. Maybe it's the stress piece. How that's old are you? What I'm 28. Oh, that's why. Okay. Because your Saturn return is upon you. Okay. Do you know what a Saturn return no. is? Well, whether you believe in astrology or not... <laughs> I do. Okay. So the Saturn return is essentially... That every 30 years, you are going through a new phase of adulthood and that it's timed with Saturn's orbit because it takes Saturn 30 years to orbit. Mm. So they say so the the thought process is that every 30 years you are basically going into a new phase of development. And Mm. in that phase of development, a lot of things change, Mm. like you start looking at your friends like. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just a very um, tumultuous kind mm-hmm. of like reevaluation time. Mm. And when you're like making decisions in the midst of a tumultuous reevaluation time, mm-hmm. it can sometimes not be the best decisions. And then you end up having to like spend years to make up for it. So that's what I feel like. That's the instruction I was mm-hmm. getting from a lot of people, too. Mm-hmm. I think there's also just something to be said for when you are young and brilliant you feel like I got like I'm young and brilliant. Like what, <laughs> what are we? <laughs> Come on. Like, mm-hmm. let's get it. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it though, is that you can be young and brilliant, but it doesn't make you wise. Yeah. And I say that as somebody who people would be like, slow down. Like you're young and you're brilliant, but like, who do you think you are? Mm. And I'd be like, I think I'm just trying to do stuff. Like I have ideas. I have, you know, visions. Like I want to make them happen. And I feel like folks would tell me things without really like properly conceptualizing it for me. But like what they were trying to say was you just need a little bit more experience to Mm. like truly do this the way that you would like see yourself doing it versus just getting it done. I agree. I agree. Just getting it done is all but damn impossible. Because sometimes though that, sometimes just getting it done though is the confidence booster. Like Mm. we did it. Yeah. We did it. (laughs) 
We got to the top of Everest. Send the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Because <laughs> I'm not the trying helicopter. to do the climb down. Right, 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 right. It's a helicopter. We got up here. Yeah, but I do think I'm getting quite a bit of messages like that because even my dermatologist was like, well, we're going to see how this works before we jump to a chemical pill because a chemical pill is a one and done or take a week and you have well, a new layer. Well, I want to stop putting on makeup. I want to change. I mean, particularly with okay. my skin, I would rather just be able to get up and walk outside. And I always, I get people who notice me and I think like that's a part of stardom, like vanity that I'm getting used to. Um, to yeah. Yeah, I I just kind of... People be asking me for pictures, man. You know? And I guess I look fine. I mean, whatever. But I'm like, people take the first opportunity to be like, girl, one girl, I ain't put on no concealer. And this one lady, I was having a good time on the couch with my friends laughing. And she said, I see past all your pain in this post. You've been crying. You haven't gotten any rest. You have three nails that have been popped off. And just look at black women pushing through. Girl. <laughs> I hate everybody! I hate people so much. Girl, I don't have on concealer. I didn't have the decency to put my nails back on. Please. Please. And I'm probably missing one now. And I'm trying no, to hide No, I hear it. you. I hear you. Because also, people think that their, like, attention to detail is an exemplification of, like, their love for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but really keep it to yourself. Yes. Because I definitely had someone recently look at a picture and be like, hey, sis, love the sandals. But also, the bunion that's forming on your left foot is something that you should start dealing with right now. Wow. Because bunion surgery <laughs> can be incredible. <laughs> Leave me alone! Bunions surgery is crazy. <laughs> The disrespect. And also, girl, you don't know me. Relax. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. I'm not even frightened. Sometimes I legit forget to eat. And when that happens, I'm not in the mood to try and like figure out what I'm going to cook. Nah. And I also know there's people who simply cook better than me. And I can get right to them on DoorDash. Yes, that's right. Listen, DoorDash has saved your girl so many times. And if you're really about it, you can get you a Dash Pass, and that can get you a discount on the door dashing that you're doing. So don't be like me. Don't let yourself go the whole day and then realize, oh my gosh, that's why I'm cranky, because I haven't eaten anything. No. Tap into DoorDash and get you some nutrients in your system. All right? DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. DoorDash, your door to more. Must be 21 or older to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Alcohol available only in select markets. So how's that been? It's a podcast. They can't see you shrugging. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. I am a Capricorn. That's why I believe in... uh, (laughs) That's why I believe in Zodiacs because everything they say about me is truth. Capricorns are very private. Yes. Very, like, not stubborn, more so just, like, grounded. Mm -hmm. Not very flighty. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree with that. (laughs) I agree with that. I also feel like we're very reserved. 
and resolved mm. in a lot of our feelings. But for me, what mm, that has translated to, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I have, that is translated to meeting people like outside as in, oh, Lene, these people care about you and value your content. And they're also the reason you are successful. So you have to be open and have conversations so these people don't walk away and be like, oh, she was a bitch. You know? Well, okay. Let's also address this, though. Okay. I remember once upon a time someone telling me, like, Alicia Keys designed her version of celebrity. Okay. And they were saying this because... She was walking down the street in New York and her security was like a couple feet behind her. But like she was getting to just walk down the street in New York and nobody was bothering her. Mm. Nobody was attacking her. Like people weren't like, oh, it was very like I'm out here living my life mm-hmm. because I'm out here living my life. Right. You don't only see me out here when it's time to be out here. Mm-hmm. Jerry Seinfeld, same thing. It's okay. like I'm out here in the world. And I think that there's this idea that in order for you to be a celebrity, you also have to be mysterious. Mm. Um, So there's that. But then there's also this flip side of it that's like in order to be a celebrity or in order to be successful or like even not even the word celebrity, but more so like that in order to be like acknowledging of your fans that you have to be fully available to them in every way. Mm -hmm. And that's just not fair or possible. And I think you would be surprised how receptive your fans would be Mm -hmm. if you were like, this is where I need Mm y'all. And I think a lot of folks are afraid to do that because they're afraid they're going to push people away. I can say from personal experience, when I let folks know, like, I'm not a hugger. Mm. I'm just, I'm not a hugger. I love y'all. We could dap. Mm -hmm. We could high five. We could peace. You can just yell my name. I'm going to yell it back. But I don't want to hug. Like, there were a couple of people that were like, that's ridiculous, which, <laughs> which you gonna, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's fine. But most people were like, thank you for like sharing with us. And now we know. So now yeah. I don't have to hug folks in Whole Foods mm-hmm. without feeling guilty. I feel 100% guilty because people come to me crying. Same. Mm. Well, I feel. I mean, I'm listen, you're going to hug, you go like, hug wow. a crier. You're going to hug a crier. Yeah. But, yeah. You, and when I say a crier, I just mean like that's just empathy. Yeah. Yeah. No, for real. And that's, and that's also kind of just how I had to get out of myself because I didn't know how to really receive those feelings because mm. I did, especially starting in a time where no one was outside. Yeah, I only know that's you, real. you only know me through the through internet. And that is probably the case for a bunch of internet sensations or whatever, but we're all literally inside in our own bubbles. And so the more that, you know, Atlantans disrespected the rules of COVID anyway, um, and the more we peeled out of that pandemic state of being, I had to really shift into understanding that these people really felt connected to these phones during that time, connected to the words coming yeah, from these phones during that way. time. And so um, I've done better. I've done a lot better. Because what would I you get say it. is like doing better? Well, hey! Hello! <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, listening in, like being present. intentional, being present, being present, not focusing so much on what makes me uncomfortable about this interaction, but valuing what's in it. But there, I have a line. Like there, I have a signal. I won't show it because I don't want people to know, even if you're looking on the uh, Patreon. <laughs> Anyways, I have a signal for my team when it's time to get me out of there. When it's time <laughs> for me to be done talking with a guest or done talking with someone <laughs> who is an admirer or whatever, because some people just want to talk to you to talk. 
And some people want to talk to you for their own personal whatever. Yeah. And also, what really sucks is being outside, being in the city, being invited to things, and being available just by proximity. I was just at a Spider-Man after party the other night, and someone came up to me. I'd seen him a couple times, so he did wait. But he finally came up to me and he said, hey, I'm with so-and-so and and we've been trying to get you on this and we'd love to have you. Okay, well, here's the email address. Types the email address in his phone. He's already got it because he found it somewhere. But I guess they just didn't respond because they didn't want to do the thing. And so (laughs) what do I do when the team has collectively said no? And here you are in my face trying to get a yes, you know? Blame the team, girl. Yeah. The team. I don't know. Oh, my God. The team. <laughs> I mean, listen, that'd be real. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it really is. Like, I mean, at a certain point, you know, you have the publicist, you have the manager, you have the this, the, the assistant, the, 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 the. there's also just the reality that, like, things fall through cracks. Yeah. Yes. Also, very much that. So, so it's like, I know my email is is bombarded mm-hmm. with what's, go- what's on sale at Target this week. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know, emails like, like links from my mom of mm-hmm. like the latest. Uh, in tennis <laughs> that's what my mom's on this week I'm just getting all posts about tennis mm-hmm. uh, I found out Naomi Osaka is having Cordae's child so mm-hmm. I did not know that but thanks to my mother I know that and then in the middle of that will be like hey here's a really important email yeah. that you should not miss mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna miss it yeah <laughs> I'm gonna miss it so how do you feel like for parking lot pimping going to like the next level with Kamala what was that like Ooh, child, that was that was send a helicopter. SOS. Once we wrapped up, it was send somebody. Help. Damn Why? it. Um, just because it was so much. It was so much. We had seven days to figure that piece out. I had seven days to also conceptualize how I was gonna spend these 20 minutes with the vice president of the United States, already knowing there are gonna be certain limitations, trying to figure out what my audience might expect and what I know I can deliver, and deciding <laughs> what I want to deliver. What was something that you would have wanted to say that you knew could not? I think I would have wanted to just have conversations about what Black people care about and allow them to hear from the vice president what she cares about. But the reality is, is that there's only a certain, like the vocabulary of the vice president that can come outside of the office is very limited. And I don't mean that Mm. in any terms of like shade. It's just the reality. Yeah. There's there's so much. And that's why when people tell me to run for office, I feel like they're so misinformed on what it takes to run for office. I'm sure you get that as well. Same. Um, <laughs> but there are so many layers to politics that prevent people from being completely present all the time. But I really feel like that's what we need right now. I feel like even if the Biden administration couldn't deliver on a lot of things, but they could be real with us, yes. that would turn a lot of people in favor of being like, all right, well, I get it. Thanks yep. for being honest. But yeah, so I just think I would have wanted to just have a conversation about the things that my audience cares about, like what's going on in Florida, like why, like explain to us why something can't be done um, or why something hasn't been done. Like, yeah. So a gambit of things I would have wanted to talk about, but I focused on humanizing her because I feel like that was the best in that effort that I could do. There's a lot of people who are unhappy with Kamala's history, VP Harris's history, but also don't read and don't understand nuance or context or don't understand what it might have been like to come up um, during the tough on crime era as a black woman. And so we just don't know what informed her decisions. And we might not ever until like she leaves and there's a book. I was going to say she's going to write the book. Or yeah. she does the Oprah interview. Yeah, yeah. So um, I wanted to try to humanize her. I wanted to give her some some type of commonality with the people and give her questions she could give some type of impassioned response to as far as like 
why should we continue on and not even directly in support of the Democrats, but just like what's at stake here? So I got what I could. And then two, then two, I realized the reason why I needed help is because in that day I was the producer. I was the problem solver. Mm. I was the talent. I was the set designer, Mm -hmm. all these things, because we had to make so many last minute changes the day of to be up to standard, just things that weren't communicated properly prior to. Literally, we came with all types of equipment for any type of scenario, only to be told, you can't use this, you can't use that, you can't use this, you can't use that. And then also, 15 minutes before she arrives, yeah, you have such a great team, about eight people, you can only have five people in the room, including you, so make a decision. Not Survivor. Yeah, literally that. <laughs> and then and then once you figure it out, then you sit down and be cute with the president. What? Vice president. So it was it was um stressful. Stressful to say the least. Damn was it. it worth it? I think it was. I think it was one of those things to say, like, we did it. Everest helicopter. Yeah. Everest helicopter. Imagine what else we could do with people beyond ourselves. <laughs> Beyond this group of people who started in the parking lot, now we're here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it it was a rewarding time, I think. It was a valuable time, I think. But I will say this, Vice President Harris is a beautiful, amazing woman. It was amazing to be in her presence as the first Black woman, the most powerful Black woman in the free world. But I wasn't even as stressed to like meet her because literally politics is not an end game, end goal for me. Like I get butterflies every time I'm around Issa. There are people who I really, really look look up to and model. Like I get a little nervous, like in your presence, because there are people who I feel are more closely connected with the things that I want to be doing. In my presence? I mean, I feel a a familiarity with you, but I definitely feel like... (laughs) There is just there's just a pressure in circles that I that I desire to be in that wasn't present there because I don't you like I ain't trying to take your job, lady. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to take yours either. <laughs> but, but you know, I know what you. But like, yeah, you know, I ain't trying to do this job. I'm yeah, doing, but this, so. what you doing is cute. But <laughs> I'm trying to get an Emmy. Relax. <laughs> for real, for real. I'm trying to be a nigga at the end of the day. That's e guy with the NAACP image report. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, I like um, that. But I think there's something to be said for that because let me just say that's actually refreshing to hear because mm-hmm. there's there definitely is such an energy that sometimes you get from like a younger generation that's kind of like, I mean, I'm doing I'm doing what I'm doing. Like whatever y'all doing, like we, we ain't even on that. We ain't even on that. You'd be like. I mean, I'm not like that. Oh, mm. you know, like I, this is not like a new Negroes situation. <laughs> like, but I feel you because I honestly also feel like somehow, and I think part of this is also the Donald Trump effect of it all. Like politicians have become celebrities, mm. and there's like this very weird trend that we're seeing where like they're acting like celebrities because mm. you know celebrities are the thing that happens outside of you. It's not something that, you, unless you're Kim Kardashian, you're like, let me get fucked on screen to become a celebrity. Like, it's a thing that happens outside of you. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So you then respond to that in however you see fit. Whereas I'm seeing like politicians who are like, I'm going to do this thing to become a celebrity, not yeah. to become a better public servant. But because if I see MTG on one more podcast, I'm like, lady, oh when God. do you actually work? And to see this Bobert broad, 
claim that she skipped a vote when it's like, well, you missed a vote. That's mm-hmm. what happened. You were late. You were probably somewhere drinking a Pabst Blue Ribbon. That's actually too fancy. You were somewhere drinking a Bud Light out of a bottle mm. in a place with sawdust on the ground. Yes. You know, you probably used a urinal. Oh, yeah. Because you went in the wrong bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the type Come of energy on. we're getting from her. She's she's <laughs> she's eating nuts with an open hand, not caring about the germs because it feels radical to her. The same way she didn't wash her hands during a pandemic. Like, that's what we're dealing with. And that person is like, let me put a hat to the back and a red lip on to do a video for TikTok. Mm-hmm. Because that's more valuable than actually knowing about the things that I'm voting on. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. there's this whole weird thing now. And I think part of it is from bef- even before, if I, if I actually think about it more, it's before Trump. It's Obama. But Obama was a star because Obama's a star. Yeah. He didn't have to like put on. Have you seen that man? That, you, you feel like. If we're going to talk about it. I don't know if you ever heard Obama's book on tape, but then he like he like says nigga on a book on tape, and you're like, oh, okay. I didn't hear that. Make it your business, okay? Yeah, okay. Because he's like impersonating somebody. He's like, oh. you know, I can't remember the person's name, but he's like, you know, Sonny said, "Hey, nigga, you got to get it together." <laughs> and you're like, okay. okay. I knew it when he shot the basketball. That yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you did. You know, the the daps? Yeah. We they were too dappy. You feel me? You're like, oh, okay. So, like, that to me is, like, the <laughs> beginning of, like, oh. Like, Hillary didn't win for a number of reasons. But part of it is because, like, she wasn't giving you starlet. Mm-hmm. And then this guy over here was already famous. And so now I feel like they're all trying to be famous. And what we actually need is public servants. We don't yeah. need politicians. Yeah, um, correct. So, you know, I think it's... It's fascinating because you're like, I don't want your job. Like, I'm not trying to do what you do, but I'm sure, like, she's looking at you like, let me take some tips. <laughs> you know, let me take some tips because she's trying to get the top job. And the top job is going to require, like, he only got the top job because he had already been, like, there, you know? And he was white enough for Dwight's to be like, well, you don't look like a piece of pizza with the cheese off of it like the wow. other guy. Yeah. So, Okay. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. I'm not even frightened. Sometimes I legit forget to eat. And when that happens, I'm not in the mood to try and like, Figure out what I'm going to cook? Nah. And I also know there's people who simply cook better than me, and I can get right to them on DoorDash. Yes, that's right. Listen, DoorDash has saved your girl so many times. And if you're really about it, you can get you a Dash Pass, and that can get you a discount on the DoorDashing that you're doing. So don't be like me. Don't let yourself go the whole day and then realize, oh my gosh, that's why I'm cranky because I haven't eaten anything. No, tap into DoorDash and get you some nutrients in your system. All right, DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. DoorDash, your door to more. Must be 21 or older to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Alcohol available only in select markets. 
What would you like to see in the next election? What would you like to see happen? What would I like to see happen? I don't know if what I would like to see happen can happen. So then let me rephrase. Okay. Actually, let me rephrase. What do you feel like you want your parking lot pimping series to do between now? Like, what would you feel like is a goal of your series between now and the next election, if anything? I think I would like to use my platform to really... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sucks. was a deep ancestral sigh. Yes. Because there are people, us, you can't see me on the podcast when I'm tapping my skin, who are completely foolish, mm-hmm. who are completely disenchanted with the process, with the Democratic Party, and are just set on not voting and have all these reasons to not vote. <sighs> Sis, talk. I feel like it is my responsibility to do as much as I possibly can to save the world <laughs> from damn DeSantis. Yeah. You know and what? So, I, don't, I don't think he's actually, I I don't think we're going to need to save the world from him. You don't? You think no. that Trump will win over him in the primaries? No, I don't think either of them. I think Trump will actually probably get incarcerated. I uh-huh. I don't really think they're playing about these documents. Okay. But you have like people like Pence. Mm-hmm. You know, the sleepers. Who gonna come out the woodwork? Yeah, because they're centrist enough. Okay. They're centrist enough and they, they're not extreme. Mm-hmm. America doesn't like extremists. Mm-hmm. DeSantis is an extremist. Yeah, he is. You have to remember Florida's dumb. And yes, <laughs> I said it. And I can say it because I grew up there. Florida's, I can say it because it's true. It's facts. You know, when I came to Florida in third grade from California, my mom was like, um, so I'd like to get Amanda retested in Florida for the gifted test, you know, because you have to test in every state. And the teacher was like, well, just because Amanda was gifted in California doesn't mean she's gifted in Florida. And my mom was like, "Uh, if she was gifted in California, Uh she's absolutely gifted in Florida. (laughs) Like, let's not make no bones about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't I just feel like he's not only extreme, but he's also like he's not ready for the big game. He's not ready for the big show. You have to have a certain countenance about you that he just doesn't have. He gonna punch somebody. He is. I just feel like Trump wasn't ready for nothing. And there we were. But he had people around him that were... You can't go against Disney and think it's gonna work out. These are my thoughts. But I also wonder to what degree is... Like, I just also feel like Disney's might not say, well, we just gonna pack up all our shit and go. Because that would be... Where would they go? Yeah. Where would you go? The other part of it is that Disney is also Republicans. So that's yeah. the other part of it. So I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, DeSantis and Trump are an, are like a whole other... They're fascists. Like, they're yeah. not even Republicans. Like, they're fascists. I think what scares me, though, is just the number of people who really do believe in this. Like, yes, yeah. I understand the party might not... I I Like, everybody has turned against Trump for the most part or whatever. Like, people have negative things to say. People who are in his camp are like, no, I was foolish. No, that was dumb. Whatever. But the people who need to vote for these people might be foolish enough to vote for these people. And that's my concern. And we see so much of it everywhere. Right. Not just in Florida. There are pockets of people everywhere. And even, I think the election for Stacey last year here in Georgia was indicative of how much staying power Atlanta really has. Like, truthfully has if we want radical change. And then the other side of the aisle, who will do anything to stop that? And so I just, if if they are like down to the choice, I don't know that I can trust them to not vote for DeSantis. So what are you gonna do? So the goal was to really try to speak to those people who are just like, I'm not going to show up. I don't want to vote. 
really try my best to, one, explain all of the things wrong with the other platforms. Explain my heart away, because that's all I can. That's what the show is. Explain my heart away. Invite people up there who also have the That's what I was going to say. The vocabulary. Like to collab. Yeah. Like, like, there needs to be a consortium. Yeah, I think there needs to be like a... The creators need to come together and mm-hmm. do a thing. Like, we have the power to really do that. So, yeah, that's what I want. I just want to use my platform and I feel like I have a responsibility like edutainment and as much as I've I had a discussion with Ibram Kendi you know Ibram Mm, Kendi of course Uh, I was so excited stamped from the beginning yeah and I was asking him I was like I don't know if I can do both both meaning entertainment and what I'm doing right now just feeling really boxed in by it and not really sure what the next step was but it just gave me some affirming words and I just feel like there is a way there is a way to figure it out and even though my goal is to tell stories, to have fun, I also have a responsibility. And I feel like I would show up in this way. I would show up during a time like this in our national election and continue to push as much factual information as I can out and see what sticks. Because I've already seen just a few comments. And those are the ones that keep me pushing and keep me going. Just a few comments that say, oh, I didn't think about this in that way. Thanks. Oh, I'm thinking about this differently. Oh, wow, that's a whole different perspective I didn't consider. And bring in even other groups, like not just Black people, not just Mm well-meaning white people who want to learn, like Asians who hate us, Um, Latin Americans who are unfortunately swindled into voting for people who don't like them every time. I don't know. I don't get it. it. I don't. That's Uh, what I look at it as. Yeah, I don't get that. Why are you putting ketchup on your taco? Yeah. So, anywho, that's what I want to do. I think that's very... None of this is far reaching. It's just about how we always keep our mentals together. Because I yeah. know I know that it can be just very taxing mm-hmm. to live in this space. Yes, because as is. a creative, you're also... Some stuff like lends itself very easily to like, okay, this is how I'm going to talk about this. Boom, boom, yeah. boom. But like you were talking about with Kamala, it's like you're like, okay, I have to like synthesize this yeah. and reform this, et cetera, et cetera. All for a little video that we, y'all going to watch and want another one next week. Yeah. <laughs> like And you're like, do I get a break? We made it on Fox News. Yay. I hate those people. But no, it made me laugh. If you didn't, I would be like, so what? No. <laughs> I hate them. for I hate them for so many reasons, but also just for their foolishness. And it made me laugh. Like I couldn't even be angry. Number one, there was a question I asked the VP about a favorite song. And... It's like they have no shame about the racism. No. They took out the clip that was just about her favorite song in which she said key phrases like hip-hop, funkadelics, Bootsy, Luther Vandross. Black. And then they stopped the clip. So y'all are about to talk about this lady because she said she likes black things. Number one. (laughs) Nice. Then the very headline. Yes. Got it. Then the oh, vi- the, by the way, shout out, shout out to all of y'all who are like, she's not black. I'm like, that's... What? Yeah. But they're the ones who say I'm not black too, so that's uh, fine. Okay. Well, yes. Then the headline on the television screen said, Vice President does podcast in garage. It's a parking lot. We weren't even in the parking lot. We were in some undisclosed location. <laughs> naturally. But, naturally. But the, who told y'all it was in a garage? And why did you feel confident enough to just say that? Well, they feel confident enough to say... Anything. Anything, but more, it's it's just really interesting to be on the side of the actual truth. Like there are so many things that we know to be not factual that come out of their mouths, but to literally know what the truth is and to see what they come up with is comical. Wait till it happens with people you actually like. 
because that is celebrity. <laughs> Being on the side of the truth and watching people just tell you that that's not what happened. You're like, let me go on my trampoline. <laughs> well, we're about to go over to Patreon and ask <laughs> Lene Vanee. Hey. Some of y'all's questions, but it's only for the SEAL squad. So we'll see you over there. The last dose. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. For stopping through on the ATL version mm-hmm. of Small Doses Podcast. It's been a blast. Uh, and I really just commend you for your consistency. That's one of the hardest things, I think, especially when you're creating like really substantive content. Mm-hmm is really hard to create on a regular basis. Yeah. If you were doing foolishness, then it'd be <laughs> like, what silly shit am I doing today? And it's like, how am I going to teach <laughs> the people? Yeah. And then once you get in, I don't know, for me, it's like, once you get in that realm, then you're like, I don't, what silly shit? What, what is, And the thing what is, is what I really shit? appreciate about my people is that they really fully embrace my silly shit. Like I do dumb shit in the midst of teaching to make it fun. Yeah. And they just, they, I literally, I said, Olivia, I need you to find me five boys in suits at Morehouse to come pick me up out of my chair. And that like the secret service is taking me away for a 10 second video. And like five alphas. <laughs> That's how she found five black boys in suits. She said, alphas, <laughs> I need five of you. And they came on this hot ass parking lot deck in their suits and spent five minutes with me to do that video. And everybody's just like, they believe in the vision. So I really appreciate it. Well, we believe in the vision. Y'all heard it here. The vision. And the vision's only going to get bigger. Period. With Lene Vinny. God, get it right, y'all. Jeez. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.